Welcome back to the podcast that rocks, weekly podcast that talks about news in the worlds of rock, metal, alternative, and everything in between. I'm flying solo for this episode today. Gretchen is feeling a bit under the weather, and I would rather not have her strain herself and try not to cough for 45 minutes or so, as I'd rather just give her some rest. Also, there's a lot of stuff that happened tour-wise over this past week. I took a week off for an episode because I was working on the top 10 worst collaboration songs in rock, and I'm glad that's over. I'll put a link in the YouTube card and it'll be posted in the comments, the pinned comment below if you're watching this on YouTube or if you see this on getrock.net, you can just scroll down on the page. Man, I fell down a rabbit hole looking through the research and all that because I knew I had a lot of selections to choose from, like some of the worst collaboration songs in rock. I already knew about Fred Durst and um, Corey Feldman. I didn't think anything would beat that. I figured something from Lulu would be in the top five, but after I started really looking into it, no. Man, that Buck Cherry one really threw me for a loop. I, when I, As soon as I found that out, it's like, oh my gosh, I have to rewrite my list now. And that happened a few times with other entries too, when I realized, okay, this definitely is worse than everything else. I have to reorder the list. It's just never ending, and I'm sure there's many more I missed, but that's besides the point. As for news updates, the big one, Rage Against the Machine, has announced their first big tour in many years. And the, the initial announcement had everyone excited. They saw tour dates. They were thrilled. This goes alongside all of the many festival appearances they're doing in North America. But all that excitement, all that happiness is now a bit reserved for anger from many people. And to be honest... I at least understand where it's coming from. This is a case of Ticketmaster and service fees and scalpers striking again. Rage Against the Machine has tried their best this time to make sure and curb the scalpers sites like StubHub and GeekSeat, like the bots that buy tickets to also prevent scalpers too from buying as many tickets as possible to make sure fans get them, which is great. And also, Rage Against the Machine tried to set up a constant price for most of their tickets. That's also awesome. However, Ticketmaster uh, does their fluctuating supply and demand pricing on their site, much like movie theaters, hotels, many other sites do. Ticketmaster did the same with My Chemical Romance, but with Rage, it feels much worse. There were seats on the day of sales for Rage Against the Machine concerts that were selling upwards of $750 per ticket. This was happening for My Chemical Romance, but when this comes from Rage Against the Machine, a band known for fighting the machine, the capitalist system that makes the rich richer and the poor poorer, boy, that leaves a bitter taste in people's mouths. I was ecstatic. Rage Against the Machine is one of my favorite bands of all time. Even I would have a hard time paying $750 for a ticket, and most of that going to Ticketmaster and the actual funding company. That is awful. However, there's more to it than that. Tom Morello has been the more vocal spokesperson about this whole setup, and I feel it deserves a little explanation, because not only has Rage gone out of their way to prevent as many ticket, ticket scalpers and bots from buying tickets, they're also saving like a big reserve of tickets from each arena show and selling them as charity tickets, selling all the proceeds to charity. Now, some people may think, well, okay, that's nice, but what's the big deal? The big deal is that Rage Against the Machine have already raised over $3 million for charity. That's a lot just for having their tickets. 
So I'm going to read some blurbs from different articles coming up right now. From Loudwire, tickets for Rage Against the Machine's reunion tour are on sale, and despite the band's efforts to combat ticket scalpers and severely inflated prices, fans are still pissed over the whole thing. Lost in a sea of anger is the realization that, per Tom Morello, this plan is working quite well. Having kept 85% of tickets off the resale market with over 3 million raised for charity. So, looking at the stats for that from Loudwire, the fact, if that's true, if they kept 85% off tickets off of bot sellers and resale sites and from scalpers, that is enormous. And the fact that they raised $3 million for charity in the process. Yeah, that's a big deal. And I get paying $750 for to see one of your favorite bands on the reunion tour is not fair. However, they're trying to make the best of a bad situation, and I think they're doing that. It's a whole mess with Ticketmaster, but that's not Rage's fault, and I don't know if that's going to go away anytime soon, even though now with two big reunion tours, My Chemical Romance or Rage Against the Machine, it's still happening. And I'll read through a few more quotes from Tom Morello. There's a big one coming here, but first, another blurb from Loudwire. Ticketmaster's dynamic pricing model, which allows them to inflate ticket prices based on demand, much like hotels and airlines do in times of increased demand, has also deeply angered fans who have paid double the original price or more from the original seller. This practice sent into the internet into a tailspin most recently when My Chemical Romance's reunion tour went on sale. So this goes about that like inflation pricing and on-the-spot pricing for different sites. And Ticketmaster is not going to stop doing it because they get more money that way. This is an actual statement from Tom Morello. Since the announcement of our tour, scalpers and broker sites have been listing fake tickets for Rage Against the Machine. We want to do everything we can to protect our fans from predatory scalping and, at the same time, raise a substantial amount of money from charities and activist organizations we support in each city. At many concerts, up to 50% of the seating is scooped up by scalpers and then resold to fans at much higher fee- freeze. Oh, there's a typo. We are doing everything we can to protect 90% of the Rage Against the Machine tickets from scalpers, and then we are holding in reserve 10% of the seating, random seats throughout each venue, to sell at a higher ticket price but low enough to undercut the scalpers. We will donate 100% of the money over the fees and base ticket price to charities and activist organizations in each city. We are confident this will help many more fans get tickets at face value and put a big dent in the aftermarket gouging. We hate scalping as much as you do, and that's in big bold letters, and will continue to do so by finding ways to combat it. Additionally, we are donating all profits from our first three shows to immigrants' rights organizations and will be supporting multiple charities and activist organizations throughout the tour. That is a lot of charity work, and the actual charity donations go to each city that the band is performing in, along with the first three shows where all the rights go to activist immigrant rights organizations. Man, that's a ragey, rage-against-the-machine thing to do. You can't say they're not putting all that money where their mouth is. They are trying to do something with that. So, there's a lot of rage hate, and that's the best way to say it, hate towards rage, because one, a lot of people do not agree with their political stances of how the system works, especially in the whole free market, how it hurts rich, the rich get richer, the poor get poorer, especially as of late. Two, Rage Against the Machine is not the band that should be do- involved in something like this, but they are. And... My opinion, that's going to be every band from now on. Ticketmaster has monopoly on the system, unfortunately. It's like many other outlets. I mean, look at cable companies. Look at era- Cable companies is probably the best one to look at. Regardless of what area you, in the country you live in, in the United States, 
you are reliant on one or two cable companies to choose from for your internet, your TV, whatever. With Ticketmaster, there's a harder monopoly. If you want to buy tickets to a show, you have two choices. One, go to the actual venue and buy them. Maybe bypass Ticketmaster. Two, go online. And the problem with going online is just like with Rage and My Chemical Romance that we just discussed, and hoping that you're in queued long enough and early enough to actually get a seat that you want and can't afford. It's not fair. And I think a lot of that anger is in inappropriately directed towards Rage Against the Machine on this. I get the anger, though. And I'm not really sure what I would say to make things better. But to be honest, it doesn't really matter because Rage's show is selling out like crazy. My Chemical Romance's tour sold out over 200,000 seats in six hours. So it's not the demand anymore. People want these shows, regardless of the situation. I don't know if this is going to be a model going forward that they'd want to fix. Why would Ticketmaster want to fix this? Because they're raking in cash just to make sure their servers are running and their websites can handle all the stress from so many people buying. That's it. And then you have bands that are finally going to make money off this. I hope Rage, I hope My Chemical Romance take a younger band with them so they can like actually help them on the road. I don't know if Rage Against the Machine is going to do any opening bands. Oh, Run the Jewels, excuse me. That's not a younger band, never mind. <laughs> wow, kind of flew by me. That's a great tour, though, Rage Against the Machine and Run the Jewels. On a side note, Run the Jewels just announced they finished their latest album and it should be coming this year. I love Rage Against the Machine. I don't know if I'm going to be able to see them on this tour live because when they come to St. Louis, I will hopefully be at a festival covering that. However, they will be at Chicago a few days after. I'm not opposed to driving up to Chicago to see them for that. It, that's one of those bucket list bands that would make me cry a little if I get to shoot the show in a photo pit. I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know how everyone's experience with Ticketmaster has been, if you were even able to queue and get tickets, and how much you paid. But that's another story. So, Raging Against the Machine's back. And this is just the beginning, because it's been a week since we finally realized, okay, not only have they announced festival performances, they're doing a full tour. Will we get new music? Will this tour continue going after their dates? Who knows? I'm hopeful for new music. I feel like this is the time where we could use it. We'll just have to wait and see. It all depends on the band. Let me know in the comments if you bought tickets to either tour, especially for Rage Against the Machine, though. I want to know how your experience was with buying tickets. You don't have to go into all the details if you don't want to say how much you spent, but feel like, but say if you felt you paid a fair amount, you know, things like that. Because I love the Rage is Back, and I get the anger for people not being able to afford seeing a band they love, they grew up loving, and just not being able to go because they can't afford Ticketmaster's hard cost. Another big tour that got announced last week is Megadeth and Lamb of God on a co-headlining tour featuring Trivium as well. Man, also in flames. Man, that is going to be the riff fest of the summer. I love it. I love that idea of a tour. I think that works well. Lamb of God has a new album coming out this year. Megadeth has been rumored to have a new album come out this year. However, that kind of took some delay along with touring because of Dave Mustaine's cancer battle. Well, now we know that Dave is cancer-free. This tour is going to go on scheduled. It looks to be a beast, amphitheater tour. 
and I am hopeful for it. This is something that could be fun. I want to know what Megadeth has in store. We know new music's coming, we just don't know when. Lamb of God has already released a couple songs off their upcoming self-titled album, so there's a lot to work with. And then Trivium finally making a bit of a return. They've been kind of on the backside for the past year and a past year or so, I would say. And they've been doing well. I know Matt's doing a lot of stuff with YouTube and Twitch, and he's making good, good living just covering songs, having fun online. And then In Flames, I know their latest album was a little bit better than a lot of people have been giving them a hard time for their past few albums, because it is a big switch up from years before. So regardless of that, I love this tour. It's a great one. This is heavy. This is a tour for heavy music fans that I think will showcase a lot of talent that show like that people have a demand for this and want to see it. I just hope that Dave can keep going. It was like two years ago that Dave Mustaine said he has one or two albums left in him before he has to call it a day. And if this is one of them, and this is a big tour with it, then great. I think this is the best way to do it. Get a lot of attention with the crossover for a co-headline with Lamb of God in big cities, in big amphitheaters all throughout the U.S. This is sponsored by SiriusXM, so you know Sirius is going to sponsor this to death and just promote it all summer. Everything's great for that, and that's another big tour with a big name. I'm very hopeful for it. I get that I'm talking about a band with a singer who has radically different views than Rage Against the Machine, a band we just talked about previously. Dave's music is masked in the lyrics as of late. I really enjoyed the last album for Megadeth. I get that not a lot of other people did because dystopian future, um, because of how bad the world's going to get from political views and how things change... I get why people might laugh at that and scoff at a little. The music was there, though. I'm curious if this new album is going to continue that, because Dave, for a while, was on verging on the Aaron Lewis train of just Fox News binging and just ranting against the president, whoever the president, like Obama at the time, and things like that. It's sustained a little bit, but that's also for health reasons because of other stuff, too. I want to see if that's going to continue. I want to see if Dave has a creative spark and is going to try to take something differently from material-wise. And on the other side of that, I want to know what happens with this new Lamb of God album. Because I've heard a couple of the singles already. I like them fine. I'm sure Lamb of God, I'm sure Randy Blythe, they're going to deliver exactly what their fans want. Rarely do you hear Lamb of God not give something heavy in what their fans are wanting. I'm sure they will. And it's a good one. I would definitely recommend this. The only reason I'm torn about it in any way is because it's the same night in St. Louis that the Rolling Stones are coming. I've never seen the Rolling Stones. I've seen all four bands on the Megadeth Lamb of God tour. I feel like I could get in to shoot the Megadeth Lamb of God tour if I wanted to, hopefully. I know there's never any guarantees. I don't know if I could get in to shoot Rolling Stones. That feels like it'd be a bit more difficult, even if there is a photo pit. There might not be. However, that's just how it is. You know, it's a good it's a good choice to have. It's a good problem to have, I should say. So let me know if you are planning on hitting up arguably one of the heavier tours of the year, especially for big, heavy music with big names. Let me know if you're going to try to catch Megadeth and Lamb of God on tour, because I feel like this could be a great one. And again, this is another tour that if you buy tickets to and you go and buy merch, that'll just prove to labels and to many other bands that heavy music still has an audience and people want to see them on the road. Another big tour that got announced this past week that I'm super excited for, even though I'm bummed it's not coming near me, but I love that this is a tour, Deftones with Gojira and Poppy. That is awesome. 
Deftones have said they are expecting to have a new album come out this year. Don't know about Gojira. Poppy just had her latest album, I Disagree, come out in January. And that, I feel, is the probably the subs, like the side of heavy music fans that they would love. Deftone fans are going to come out in droves for this one. Deftones and Gojira work well together. I just love that idea, that mesh of something slightly different in sound, but still definitely in the same family of music. And I feel like that really belongs together. And then they have Poppy opening. I love that. I think that's awesome. I think that's a great tour that people should check out. Deftones, I hope the new album comes out. It's a different... I was in the minority. I really liked Gore, their latest album. I didn't love it, but at the same time, I liked it. It was different. And I'm hoping this one, although, gets a little heavier. goes back to the Koi no Yokan and uh, Diamond Eyes level. Gojira, it's been a while since we've got new music from them. They were on the big tour with Slipknot Roadshow this past year. They were great. They played a lot of festivals last year also. They were fantastic. I want to see what else they can do. I want to see if they have something new coming out this year. Here's where I talk about Poppy. <laughs> the reason I talk about this is because people are going to be not... People going into Poppy, there's going to be a lot of metal elitists going into this tour with Deftones and Gojira. Just staring at the stage, not knowing what to make of it. And I get that. But you have to have an open mind. This is supposed to be fun. And the reason I'm so fresh on, fresh on this topic is because I just, I just saw Poppy last night. And for those wondering, I'm recording this on Sunday night. I saw her on the 15th. Right now, she's working with NXT and doing the Portland Takeover show. And Poppy was, she was an entity in her own world. She has become just something very on the side of music. And now that she's incorporating such heavy music styles and genres into her music, I think that's going to catch a lot of people off guard. The band that Poppy has with her, the musicians with her, are great. They add very well to Poppy's theme, her presence, and things like that. And it's very, it can be, on first look, it can be very, very jarring to see what looks like a 100-pound girl, at best, a very tiny woman, dressed up nice, Screaming and acting peculiar, a little bit peculiarly. Is that the right word? No. A little bit oddly. There, I can pronounce that one. And it's such a good show, though, and I loved it. They sounded great. I actually have more of an appreciation now for Poppy and the music on I Disagree because the music sounded great live. And Poppy's delivery was solid. The band with her, great. It worked out well. They played Scary Mask. That was fun. Concrete was a lot of fun. They played Sit Stay, and I thought that was fantastic. They played some of the softer stuff, too. They didn't, they're not just Poppy, I should say, did not just abandon all her old music. She's still playing some of the older stuff, like Am I a Girl and other things. So it's... I'm so for this tour. I, this is one I recommend. In April, I'm going to do my uh, 10 Bands You Need to See Live video like I did last year. And this is definitely going to be on there, along with other ones like My Chemical Romance, Rage Against the Machine, the Megadeth Tour. But this is a tour. This is awesome. I love that it's something different for everyone. I feel like this is going to be a great showing. I would travel to this if I, it was somewhat relatively near me. However, I just saw Poppy. And I'm hoping to see Deftones at the festivals that I apply to this May. However, if they add more dates, you better believe I'll be there. So here's hoping that tour does well. I want that tour to do really well. And I also really want to hear new Deftones music. Deftones are one of my all-time favorite bands. And man, I'm really, really wanting some new music from them. I want to, because they've been working on it for a while. 
And Deftones have been performing and tour, like occasionally and doing some stuff on the road too. So it's not like they've just been sitting at home nonstop. I want to hear what Deftones have cooking in the oven. I'm very excited for that. With upcoming music, we have Ozzy Osbourne's latest solo album, Ordinary Man, coming up this Friday. I'll have an album review for it posted then. I was fortunate enough to get a stream of the album from the label, and I've only listened to it once all the way through, so like my review's still being worked on, obviously. I have to say this. Going in, I knew that Ozzy had a lot of big names helping him in the back, like Chad Smith, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I was not aware that it was for the entire album, and this really is a star-studded affair on Ordinary Man. What you can expect on this album is another song with Post Malone, just how Post Malone had Take What You Want, which is a bonus track on this album. But you also have Ozzy Osbourne having a new song featuring Post Malone. So they did a bit of a trade-off, and it's going to work that way, called It's a Raid. You also have many other people on this album. Chad Smith is the drummer, does the drumming for most of Ordinary Man. Along with that, Duff McKagan of Guns N' Roses also does most guitar work. There are also additional guest spots, including Slash, who does several songs on the album, and Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine, who does a guest spot on this album as well, for Scary Little Green Men being the song. I was not expecting that. And one listen all the way through, and again, my thoughts might change. I still have to really process it. It's those special guests that really amplify the music on this one. I think that's what's gonna. I think that's what makes this album jump up a little more. I don't love it, at least at first listen, but at the same time, I can say that you can tell the effort was put in, and this was an album that had some love put into it, and there was some time. Also, this was not like Ozzy writing the music over the course of a couple weeks. Apparently, this was quite an ongoing, offgoing process. And it's very unfortunate to hear about Ozzy's current health status and what he's been diagnosed with. And I know Rockfeed posted some videos. I know there's going to be an ongoing thing. If the diagnosis is accurate, then it's not going to be something that just goes away. Ozzy's living an incredible life. He can do whatever he wants from this point. Just let him do anything he wants at this point. If he wants to do a tour, let him. If he doesn't, that's fine too. If he wants to keep recording another album comfortably at home with other musicians, fine. If he doesn't, let him enjoy retirement. He has, That is one man who is an icon that has nothing left to prove. He doesn't have to. And I feel like he's a, one of the musicians... Man, he's had a wild ride, um, both self-inflicted and just events that have happened to him. But I also feel like with all the ongoing projects him and his wife have created over the years, that he's not going to be hurting for money. So if he wants to retire at any time after this album and after 2020, after the tour, let him. Let him do what he wants. Let him spend time with his family. So I don't know. I'm going to be very curious to keep going back to Ordinary Man. There's been three singles that have dropped straight to hell. And then there's also Ordinary Man featuring Elton John, the title track, which is great. I love Ordinary Man. It's simple, but it works really well. I think the simplicity adds to it a little bit more. And then there's Under the Graveyard, which was the first single. I have to say, if this is Ozzy's final full album as an artist, that's fine. Not a bad note to go out on. I'll be curious to hear what other people have to say about this album, because one way or another, um, reviewing an Ozzy Osbourne album feels out of my elements just because he is such an icon. He is way bigger in the field than I've ever been, and I've covered music from big bands, I know that, but even like trying to tackle an Ozzy Osbourne album, even that feels intimidating.
So it'll be interesting to see what people think of it, where it goes from there. I just wish the best for Ozzy, regardless. And I think I share that sentiment with a lot of people listening. It's going to be a shorter episode today, as all the big news in the music world was tour-heavy, especially about Rage Against the Machine. However, I did want to throw out some upcoming things that I will have in the next couple months. For starters, I am going to do an all-time favorites video on Rage Against the Machine's Battle of Los Angeles. Since it feels very appropriate with them coming back, so I feel this is the time to do it. I've already started writing it. Expect that in the next few weeks. In March, I will do a Regretting the Past I'm going to let the patrons vote on that if after I narrow it down to a few selections. Um, I know I've had a lot of different lists, like albums presented to me that some fit the bill, some don't. So everyone's aware, like, Regretting the Past going forward is going to have some more guidelines. It has to be at least five years old. It has to at least been gold certified. So with those two qualifiers, I think that limits a lot of, of people's choices, and that's fine. But at the same time, there's still a lot to cover. And on top of that, also in April, I will have How Did I Miss This? I'll let my patrons decide on some albums to cover that I didn't get a chance to talk about. And that leaves me to my favorite album so far of 2020, which is one I did not get a chance to review properly. Spanish Love Songs, Brave, New Fa- Brave Faces Everyone. This is something special. This is... Qualifies as pop punk, but it's a lot, it sounds a lot more angry and heavier. heavier. Think the Wonder Years style of music. This is emotional and bitter and angry, all from the view of optimism. And that is such an odd paradox to really describe. The music's great. Lyrically, this is stunning. It's something everyone can relate to. This is the, the... I am on board now for Spanish love songs. I knew about them previously. This is great. I cannot recommend this album enough. Just to be clear, John, Crash, Mark, all of us from the Rock Coliseum, we all wholeheartedly agree in the same way. This is the first perfect score we've all given for any album. I think we all are on board. This is a 10 out of 10. So that... If that's not a sales pitch enough, then I don't know what else is. It's only $8 on Amazon Music for the digital download. Check out a few songs. Just type in Spanish love songs on YouTube. Brave Faces, everyone, is the album. It's worth hearing front to back. It's worth buying. Please support bands like this. That's what we need to start doing more of. I am hoping to see them live over the next few months. They're touring right now. This album is fantastic. I could go on and on just how great it is. Me talking about it doesn't do it justice, though. You need to hear it for yourselves. And speaking of the Rock Coliseum, we will have the next Rock Coliseum next month in March. It'll be on a Thursday night, not a Wednesday night. We're going to just try it this way so that way the way schedules worked out, this might work better. So get excited for that. Hopefully everyone listening to this will join on YouTube, the live stream. Last time we had over 400 people watch us live on YouTube for over almost the entirety for the two-hour runtime. We love doing this. Please join us. Um, I'll post the date later. Again, it'll be in March. We'll keep Everyone will be shared out. We love doing this. We love having you guys participate. And other than that, I think that's all I have coming up in the immediate future. Along with album reviews, hopefully I'll get like an interview here or there possibly, but I have other videos coming as well. And then festival season starts and I'll be all over the place for the month of May. I've applied for two festivals. I've applied for Welcome to Rockville and Daytona, and that'll be new territory for me. I'm not going to be in my backyard understanding what it's like at Rockville anymore because I've been to every Rockville since 2013 when I used to live in Jacksonville. Now that I live in St. Louis, my real home, 
And now that it's not going to be in, Rock- in Jacksonville anymore, I'll be going to Daytona to the Speedway. Uncharted territory. I won't know what to expect, but I'm hopeful that it'll be good. And then I've also applied for Sonic Temple again. And I'm really hopeful that I get to work that one. Hopefully that I get to work both, but again, I want the chance to shoot Metallica, you know, just things like that. And I like the lineups. Code Orange is going to be at both. I love Code Orange. They have their new album coming out in March. Expect an album review on that. And I guess that really kind of gives a brief syllabus of what to expect over the next few months for me, plus a few surprises. So thank you all again. I know this was a shorter episode, but I just wanted to get my thoughts on all the big tours and all the news that has broke over the past week, especially since I didn't do an episode this previous week. Again, that top 10 video, man, that it it wouldn't have bothered me so bad. It's just, it was so wild after a while. So thank you again. If you check that out, please tell your friends, share the video links, tell people to subscribe. I'm getting closer to 1,000 on YouTube, even though numbers are doing well on Spotify and on um, uh, Apple Podcasts. I'm so used to calling it iTunes. But if I get the subscriber count on YouTube to 1,000, then I can monetize the podcast on YouTube, and that helps out a ton. Because YouTube revenue is really bad right now. January, February is always the worst. So thank you guys again for all your support. Please keep sharing the links. Tell your friends. Listen however you want. Listen any way you can. All... I hope all of you know that I really do appreciate everything and we will see you next week. Hopefully I'll have another guest. Hey, maybe it'll be Gretchen. Maybe it'll be someone else, but until then, let me know how you guys are doing. Thanks again for listening. Have a great week.